Welcome to the Christian Life Austin Sunday Morning Podcast. Today, we are pleased to welcome our special guest, Pastor Gary Legg from Hannibal, Missouri. With today's sermon entitled, Have You Ever Had a Bad Day? Here is special guest, Pastor Gary Legg. Thank you and good morning, everybody. It's still morning, isn't it? Why don't we lift up holy hands to the Lord and just give him praise. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy to us. We thank you for your great faithfulness. You're an awesome God. God bless you. You may be seated. The steps of a good man are ordered by who? They're ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. And though he fall, have you ever fallen? And though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down or thrown away. And here's the reason why. Because the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I'm just glad to be in the hands of the Lord today. Safest place to be is in the hands of the Lord. I came across the story of a man, apparently in Texas, who was charged with horse stealing. If you're here today, I don't mean to just single you out. But he claimed he was innocent. He was asked if he would preferred to be tried by the judge or a jury of his peers. And he looked with a big question mark on his face and he said, what's a peer? What are peers? They explained it means someone just like you, the horse thief who has been accused of being a horse thief, looked at his judge and he said, I don't want to be tried by a bunch of horse thieves. I think I want to be tried by you. I think a lot of us are like, unlike the horse thief, have been raised with the idea that the greater mercy and compassion and understanding would come from our falling peers than from a merciful God. When David was given the option, God gave him the option. He said, this is your options. You can be judged by man or you can be judged by God. David, knowing the goodness of the mercy of the Lord, said, I'm just going to fall on the mercy of the Lord. David, a man after God's own heart, who was no stranger to failures, significant failures, he understood the great faithfulness and the mercy of God. His mercies are new every morning. His compassions fail not. His faithfulness is unparalleled. His faithfulness is great. Today is Super Bowl Sunday. Someone just like in every Super Bowl is going to have a bad day. That's what I want to talk about for a little while this morning. Have you ever had a bad day? If you've ever had a bad day, why don't you just lift your hand and say, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. I've had a few of those. Just last year in the Super Bowl, Pete Carroll, the coach of the Seahawks, blew my mind when I saw Russell Wilson drop back to pass at the one-yard line when they had a beast of a running back by the name of Marshawn Lynch. They didn't hand him the ball, and he threw the ball. Russell Wilson did. It was intercepted. And what looked like certain victory turned into certain indefinite defeat. My point today is you're going to have some bad days. In our text today, David writes... Good men who delight in God's ways are going to have some bad days, but they shall not be utterly cast down. 
They're not going to be thrown away. Listen, we're still on the potter's wheel. And the potter doesn't throw us away. Are you glad today that the Lord doesn't give up on us? I'm so glad the Lord doesn't give up on us. It was January 21, 1979. The Super Bowl was being played in Miami, Florida. The Steelers are leading the Cowboys 21-14. Two minutes and 46 seconds were left in the third quarter. The Cowboys, behind the excellent leadership of Roger Staubach, was driving for the time score. Tom Landry called for a special play. It was called 47 quarterback pass wide corner. Roger Stahlbeck dropped back to pass. Many of you are visualizing it even now in your mind because you can remember the heart ache that you felt on this particular play. As he dropped back to pass, he saw a wide open Hall of Famer to be, Jackie Smith. Wide open. No defender within 10 yards of him. But as Jackie Smith came forward to receive the ball, he slipped and he dropped the ball. The beloved voice of then of the radio network for the Cowboys, Vern Lutquist, made this statement with great compassion and empathy. Oh, bless his heart. I love Vern. That would have tied it. It's amazing how fast a good day can become a bad day. The Steelers would go on to win the game 35-31. Jackie Smith has never to this day, only lives about 100 miles from me, watched the replay of that play or that game. One of his closest and dearest friends, Dan Deerdorf, said of this, that drop came close to ruining Jackie Smith's life. The Super Bowl that was played, the 25th, the 25th Super Bowl, January 27, 1991, Scott Norwood, who had a spectacular year, lined up for a 47-year-old field goal, 47 yards, trailing the New York Giants 20 to 19, eight seconds left in the game. And on the biggest stage, the most exciting day of Scott Norwood's life. He'll forever be known as the man who had a bad day. It's amazing how fast a good day can become a bad one. It's just part of the human equation. We don't always have our A game. You must not have heard me. I said, we don't always have our A game. But Paul said, when I would do good, I find there's something present also with me, and that is a thing called evil. John the Baptist, the mighty fireball evangelist, John the baptizer, in John 1, 29, describes with great enthusiasm and great faith, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Then in verse 36 of that same John 1, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Exclamation point. That great day of declaration and evangelism, revival, introducing the Christ that would come not only to baptize, but to baptize with the Holy Ghost. 
Just a few days later, John is arrested. He's gone from a great day to a bad day. And in Matthew 11, verses 2 and 3, the Bible said, John sends two of his disciples and asks Jesus, Are you the one that should come or should we look for another? I was greatly moved and awakened when I read verse 2 of chapter 11 of Matthew when it reads, Now John in prison. You know, where you are, the circumstances of life can mess with you. John, the great introducer of the Christ, John, the great baptizer, the great revivalist, became an agnostic on a bad day. John in prison. Life circumstances can mess with your faith. Put your name here. John in the hospital. John in debt. John in pain. John in trouble. John in a bad marriage, John in depression, it can absolutely mess with your faith. One of the leading commercials of the Super Bowl of 2015 was Marsha Brady having a bad day. You see her brother, I think it was her brother Peter, threw the football and overthrew his receiver and hit Marsha right in the nose who was getting ready for a high school dance. And of course, you remember, some of you are visualizing even now, this monster of a man appears that they're indicating is Marsha Brady. He's got an ax in his hand and he's ready to take at anything and everything. Marsha Brady's mom says, you better have a snicker bar. Take a bite of this. She takes a bite of the snicker bar and mom said, are you better now? She said, I'm I'm better. What you are in can mess with you. What you're dealing with can mess with you. But I want to tell you today that in that same chapter 11 of Matthew, verse 11, Jesus says of John, there was never and never will be a man Born of woman greater than John. Jesus made his strongest commendation, not condemnation, but commendation of John on the heels of John's greatest hour of faith failure. I don't know about you, but if I'm going to fall on anybody's mercy, I want to fall on the mercy of God. Proverbs 24, 16, the Bible said, a righteous man Fall is seven times, but he will rise again. I was raised in a very strict, conservative, religious, uh, and those are kind words I'm using, church. I was kind of raised with a misguided notion that if you're righteous, you will never or rarely fall. But the wise man wrote, a righteous man falls seven times. If that's true, then I've already Spit my quota. I don't think there's anybody in this building like me that wants all of your thoughts on the wall. I don't think there's anybody in here much like me that would like for all of your failures, even since you gave your heart to God, for everybody, the whole world to see. 
But I believe that the number seven here represents more than just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. In reality, a commentator said it is a Hebraism, which means a whole bunch. When Nebuchadnezzar said heat that furnace seven times hotter, he didn't have a dial for one to seven or one to 12. He was so mad and angry, he said, heat it a whole bunch. Heat that furnace a lot. David said seven times a day, I will praise the name of the Lord. He didn't have a clicker to say, well, I'm halfway home. What David was saying, man, God's been so good. I'm going to praise God a lot today. I'm going to praise God a whole lot. Can I tell you today, the scripture is saying that a righteous man, even a righteous man, I'm not talking about a man not trying. A righteous man is going to have a lot of bad days. The scripture is saying a righteous man is not defined by his failings, but by his risings. We're going to have subpar performances. I like what President Lincoln said. My greatest fear or concern is not if we will fail, but whether we're content with our failings. Listen, it doesn't matter how many times you fail, just never get so used to it that you're satisfied with it. What I'm preaching to you today is today is a good day to get up. Because I've been young and now I'm getting old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Never. You know why we've never seen it happen? You know why David said I was young and I'm old and I've never seen it happen? Because it never will happen. God never will bail out on you. Matthew 16, 13 through 19. I don't know if we can throw that on the screen or not. The Lord was asking, he was inquiring, who do men say that I am? Simon looks at him and said, thou art the Christ. You're the son of the living God. The Lord looked at him and said, listen, it's not because you're so brilliant, but that's a spiritual, supernatural revelation that's come to you. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my father has opened your eyes to who I really am. Is there anybody in the building glad you know who Jesus is today? He said, I'm going to change your name to Cephas. I'm going to change your name to Peter. And upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail, prevail against it. What a mighty day to have a revelation like that given from the Father that when he saw Jesus, he saw more than a man, but he saw almighty God in flesh. Well, what's amazing about that story, just a few seconds later, Peter's good day turned into a bad day when the Lord said, you know, I'm going to have to die. (laughs) Peter got so bold, he had this revelation. And he said, ah, that's not going to happen. I know better than that. The Lord looked at him and said, get behind me, Satan. Is there anybody like me that's went from Revelation Day to Satan Day? I've left 
prayer meeting so sky high and let somebody on the highway turn me into Satan. I know you don't know what I'm talking about. That's way too deep for you. I've had that happen to me walking out of a great Bible study, a great seminar, a great conference, a great Holy Ghost move in a service and one guy take a cut in line at Walmart. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm the guy where it says 12 items or less. I'm looking in the buggy ahead of me going one, two, three, four, five, eight, nine. It's amazing how quick we can go from a good day to a bad day. But what I want to emphasize today is I don't care how bad it gets, God will never throw you away. Because God's love is not based on our performance. It's based on his character. I want to tell somebody in the balcony, somebody here on the ground floor today, that failure's like quicksand. The longer you stay in it, the better chance you have of being sucked in. Judge your failures by God's faithfulness. I like what the old Texas farmer said. I'm picking on Texans today, forgive me. But the old Texan farmer said, there ain't no future in the past. Paul said, this one thing I do. I'm forgetting those things which are behind. I've had some bad days. I've had some days I wish I could push the rewind button and do it all over again, but I can't do that. But what I can do is forget those things which are behind because everybody's going to have a bad day. Oh, my God. I want to tell you today, I don't care how bad you've blown it, The Lord didn't come to rub our nose in it. He's the lifter of our head. He wants to get you back up again. He wants to get your head up again. Psalm 56 and 9. I know I'm going quick, but I got a clock screaming at me back there. David said, this I know. God is for me. Can we throw that up there so they don't think I'm lying about that? This I know, God is for me. Paul would write to the book, to the church at Rome in the book of Romans, and if God be for us. Peyton Manning is probably playing his last game. He's had good days and bad days. You know, he is a 500 quarterback in the playoffs, but he's a Hall of Famer. What I'm saying is you don't have to be perfect to be saved because the perfect one died that we might be saved. You don't get good to get God. You get God to become better. Then my enemies will turn back when I call for help, but this I know. I wish somebody shouted out. This I know. God is for me. Turn to your neighbor, give him a high five and say, this I know. God is for me. 
Somebody walked in here feeling like God is mad at me. God's not mad at you. God is not against you. God's not punishing you. God's not ignoring you. God is not through with you. This I know. God. I wish somebody grab a hold of that and say, this I know. God is for me. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm 100 verse 5, for the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. Psalm 86 and 5, for thou, Lord, art good and ready. Man, you don't think Cam Newton is just chomping at the bit? Ready? He's tired of sitting in film rooms. He's tired of sitting in hotel rooms. He's tired of sitting and answering dumb questions. He's ready to play. But I'm going to tell you, God is good and he's ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy to all that call upon his name. How many know that Jacob was a rascal? He was a conniver. He was a deceiver. He lied, connived, and tricked. It's one thing to lie to your dad. It's another thing to lie and take advantage of him at an old age. You sorry. You sorry and you add the word. I don't want to get in trouble with the Lord. To take advantage of a blind old dad. You know what he did? He super glued. Well, he didn't super glue, but he glued or somehow adhesively put animal hair on his arms and belly, face. He still reeks with the smell of the adhesive. He hasn't been able to pull all the hair off the stickiness. And yet the Bible said that there was an angel of the Lord that visited Jacob. You see, our behavior doesn't dictate God's behavior toward us. 2 Timothy 2.13 If we believe not yet, he abideth faithful. When we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. And you got to hear this. Because the Bible said he cannot deny himself. You know what that says? He can't be anything else. He is who he is. He can't change his character. I fluctuate. I have good days and I have bad days. There's times I wake up on the right side of the bed and there's times I wake up on the wrong side of the bed and then there's days I don't even want to get out of bed. But as for the Lord, he changes not. Jesus Christ the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Our actions do not affect his character. I got to drive that home. I said our actions do not affect his character. He loves us when our hands are raised in worship like today. I'm going to tell you, he loves us when we're fighting road rage. Palm Sunday, the day begins with hosannas and applause, but soon it ends with crucify him and crucify him. Listen to me. He died for the hosanna people, 
but he also died for the crucify him people. God loves us not only in our best days, but God loves us on our worst days. But can I tell you, as we go to Romans 5 and I close, Romans 5 verses 6 through 10. The Bible describes to us the love of God. The Bible tells us that Jesus died for us when we were helpless, ungodly sinners, and even enemies of God. And then he made a statement. Much more now, having been reconciled we shall be saved by his life. I was flying from Dallas to Austin. There was just, I believe, a confirmation from the Lord to speak to you today on what I'm speaking about. There was a lady in the middle section that turned to me. I was looking out the window and she said, are you a public speaker? I was jotting down the a professional writer. And I said, definitely not a professional writer. The other's question. I said, I'm a preacher. My best friend has asked me and privileged me to come speak on Super Bowl Sunday. She said, you know, my father just died last week. And he was dying. He was fearful. He didn't feel like he was good enough. He was questioning his eternity. And he said, I, she said, I turned to my dad. And this is what I told my dad. Dad, you gave your heart to God a number of years ago, didn't you? Yes, honey, I did. This is what she said. She said, if God's grace was sufficient enough to save you, his grace is sufficient enough to keep you saved. You kind of have to be raised like I was to maybe appreciate what I'm talking about today. Because I, I was good on that. I was taught and preached well about that first part about how much God loves us to get us in but once we got in I was kind of taught boy if you ever mess up now but it didn't make sense to me because if the Lord would go through all that pain and shed all that blood and leave heaven to become man to leave the riches of heaven and live in poverty if he would do all that to save us then once we're saved, it doesn't make sense that when we're an enemy, he loved us, but now that we're children, if we just make a mistake and we have a bad day, he bails on us. And so this is what I'm telling you today. I don't care how many bad days you have. The good news is God never has a bad day. Would you stand? 
the prayer team could come, the men, precious women that come, we're going to end like this. And we're racing the clock. You may be here today and say, I've, I've not only had a bad day, I've had a bad month. I've had, I had a bad year. What I'm telling you here today, there's not a Hall of Famer enshrined that's not throwing interception or fumble the ball. If you're here today and you say, you know, I've had some bad days. I've had some down times recently. I've, I've disappointed myself and I feel like I've so disappointed my family and my God. I could just use some of that mercy of God that endureth forever. Why don't you step out from where you are and just come forward today and say, I want to experience that grace preacher that you talked about. Are you here? Why don't you just step out and come? I want to tell you that God's not through with you. His mercy endureth forever. While they come today from the balcony and all over the ground floor, I wonder how many would just lift your hands to God and thank Him that is a God that loves us every day, every moment. While your hands are raised today, why don't you just reconfirm to God, God, I'm not going anywhere. I'm trusting and believing in your grace and your mercy. While they're singing and your hands are raised, why don't you just allow the Lord to touch you and love on you? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.